All right, let's go ahead and get started. Let's all stand. Page 181. This is mine. Oh, what a good thing of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my soul. Standing page 162. I cannot hear while the morrow may bring new showers,
appreciate our visitors being here. We want to go to the Lord in prayer because we need the Lord. Oh, we need the Lord to show up and do business with all of us this morning. If you need God to do something especially for you this morning, say amen. 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 I do, you do, and he wants to. Amen. And he can. And he will. Hey, 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 hey. I'm about to get happy. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask Dr. John Shadburn, T-Bone Shadburn, to open us in prayer. You may be seated. Pray for choir if we sing. Verse 4. Verse 4. 
she continues playing if any of you have tithes and offerings you want to bring you can bring it at this time this morning and to know that he's there what a blessing what a blessing uh, I need to say a lot this morning we got a lot that is going on and I need to make a lot of announcements and say a lot of things so be sure to put your ears on and listen real close I do want to say this I became aware of this Deb and I were watching a some kind of broadcast on TV the other day and and it was a a special broadcast about something going on and I just want to warn all of the parents were coming up you know of course Halloween's nearing and the and the going house to house and swapping candy getting candy and all like that but there's something going on right now that I think that all of you parents with children need to be aware of and that's called fentanyl candy and uh, some of you may have seen it, but it's, it looks like little candy pieces, uh, but it is fentanyl. And so please be careful with your children this year. And uh, I got my own thoughts about all of that, but please be careful with your children this year because of the fentanyl. They said one grain from that piece of candy could kill a child. So please be careful with your children this year. Um, I want to have special prayer this morning and uh, pray especially for two people in the church. Uh, Sister Peggy Phillips, she's still in the hospital. They've not gotten to the root of her infection yet. Uh, and also Sister Carolyn Watkins. I want us to really pray that God would be with her and touch her in a special way. And I'm going to ask all the ladies that will, while Sister Julie plays a little something this morning that our ladies would just gather around these altars and let's pray for Carolyn and Peggy. You men pray together also. 
And uh, let's come, ladies, and let's pray for these two this morning. Also pray for Sister Jan, that God would be with her. We've got a lot of needs in this church, just asking God to do something miraculous for them all. people get to praying, God will begin moving in a special way. I was thinking <clears throat> while we were praying, I was watching these ladies on their knees. I was thinking about those that we're specifically praying for. And you know, a lot of times we go through physical pains and and they're real, I mean, they're, they hurt, and they're constant. But then the mental pain that comes with it, the emotional pain, the spiritual pain that comes along with it. Because I promise you this, you stay, in, you stay in physical pain very long, and the devil will mess with your mind. I know that to be true, and you know it to be true. But I'm glad there's a God in heaven that can pass by our way, help us in our time of need, no matter what the need is, our God can help us. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Remember Sister Jan, too. I, I, I apologize for not remembering her also, but do pray for Sister Jan that God would be with her in that special way of the Lord. Um, I got something else I need to say this morning. Uh, you know, we have a broadcast unit up there, guys that just work so laboriously to make that thing work and to make it what it is. And every month we get a report of what our month uh, broadcast efforts, what they resulted in. 
And this month, this month alone, the month of this past month, the month of September, we were able with our broadcast, not just what y'all heard, but we were able to reach 880 extra people through the efforts of what they do up there. And listen to this. It was broadcast in 21 different countries. 21. So thank you, men. Thank you, men, for what you do up there in that. Uh, I just think that that's a great ministry and a great tool of the Lord to, to use it in that way. And so we're thankful for that. Um, I do want to say this. We're, you'll hear me preaching about it in just a little while about um, how many of you have been here and have been involved in a church fast uh, here at Merville. How many of you have been here and been involved in that? It's... Uh, it's something that we used to do every year. I would lead the church into a church fast, and uh, we would do it together and break it together. And uh, it's something that I got away from because of my health and some medicines I was on. I thought, well, if I can't do it wholeheartedly, I'm not going to ask them to do it. And uh, I'd be honest with you, it was a poor excuse on my part. But uh, here... Uh, two or three weeks ago, Brother Keith Shoemaker, our missionary, uh, got up and he was preaching one night, a Sunday night for us, and he mentioned uh, fasting. And he said, if we got into a point where we just don't need anything from the Lord and don't need to fast, and God really nailed my heart that night about it. Then I got a text from Sister Charlene Anderson. She said, Brother John, why don't we have a church fast and they didn't know that we used to do that we did that for about 15 years and we're going to be entering into another church fast together all of you that can and are able and willing to enter in with us what we do is and i'll explain more about it in the message this morning but what we do will begin thursday at lunch will be our last meal Together, and what I mean together, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that'll be the last meal that we'll eat together. Then that following Sunday, we're having a, a celebration here at the church celebrating Miss Debbie's birthday. Y'all have got a wonderful pastor's wife. Y'all have got a wonderful pastor's wife. And we're going to be celebrating Miss Debbie's birthday and uh, it's, it, we're going to have food, meats catered in. And if I understand, is it still barbecue, Miss Teresa? We're going to have barbecue catered in. And we're asking everybody that will to bring things that complement barbecue, like a T-bone steak, things like that. It'll go long great with barbecue. But what we'll do is we'll break our fast together that morning after morning service. Now, we will not have Sunday school, and uh, we'll have morning service starting at 1045, and as soon as service is over, we'll go over there together in the fellowship hall and break our fast together. And like I say, I will, I'll explain more about that uh, in the message, but let me say this. During this fast, the Lord's also spoke to my heart that we do a church visitation and two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, all of you that will and can, 
Meet us here at the church at 2 o'clock and we're going to go work some subdivisions and just go out and tell people about Jesus Christ and give out some tracts. So, so we got all of that going on and, and uh, so just to make you aware of everything by way of announcements of what we've got in front of us. So remember these things, pray about them and, and do, your, do your best to be a part of what God is wanting us to do here at Merville. Troubles come against me, and I feel so overwhelmed when it seems the more I try giving, my troubles seem to swell. And when I reach the end of me, and my faith is getting dim, oh, I hear a sweet voice whisper, just bring it all to Him. I'll just bring it all to Him. I got three places I want you to turn to in the book, all in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter nine, Matthew chapter 17, and then in your third hand, pick up Matthew chapter number six, Matthew nine, Matthew 17, and Matthew chapter number six. We're going to be dealing with the, the subject, the thought this morning of prayer and fasting. 
prayer and fasting. And I'm excited about what the Lord is leading us into. Like I say, it's been such a while since we've done anything like this. And uh, looking forward to what God's going to do in your individual life and in the church life. And uh, I'll explain some of those thoughts as we progress through this, this message. So if you have found those three passages, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17, and then we'll land and settle down in Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 9, <clears throat> just a couple of verses of Scripture, and I'm going to start out with this and explain some things as we go through these verses. It says in verse number 14 of Matthew 9, it says, Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast oft, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber, that's his disciples, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom, as he's speaking of himself, of Jesus, he said, as long as the bridegroom is with them, his disciples, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them. That's the days we're living in right now. And then, then, when the bridegroom's gone, when Jesus is gone, then shall they fast. I start there because there's some that say fasting's not for us today, but fasting is to be a part of our lives today. And there's many scripture, other scriptures that we could use and, and refer to in that regard. Now, Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17. Another instance of fasting be a part of, of uh, someone's life. In verse number 14 again. Matthew 17. Verse number 14. And when they were come to the multitude... There came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. In other words, someone that is a devil possessed, someone that's got a, a devil possession about them, they'll want to hurt themselves. He's a lunatic. He oft times falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence and go yonder, and it shall remove. And look at this. And nothing, nothing, nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? This kind, this situation they were in, this devil-possessed boy, this hard case, this thing that was humanly impossible, 
Jesus said, How be it this kind goeth not out, but by, everybody say the next three words, prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now let's come to Matthew 6. I'm going to highlight just a couple other passages, but we're going to settle in on verse number 16. And I want you to look at this. Out of Matthew 6, Jesus is going to deal with three areas of the Christian life. Three areas of the life of every child of God that we need to be, that's just normal. This is normal Christian living of these three areas that Jesus is going to deal with. Look in verse number 2. He said, therefore, when thou doest thine alms. Now, what he's talking about is giving. Giving. You know, (laughs) tithes and offerings, things like that. Giving. That's what the Lord's dealing with when he refers to alms. He said, when thou doest thine alms. Look in verse number 5. And when thou prayest. See that? When you give. When you pray. Verse number 16, and we'll settle in right here and then we'll pray and go into our thoughts for the morning. Moreover, when you fast, he's dealt with giving, he's dealt with praying, and now he's dealing finally with this third thought. When ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What is their reward? People noticing them. That's their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God together that God would speak to your heart through this message and and. And help you with this matter of fasting. Our Father, this morning, Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us the way you do. And we appreciate this time that you've given us together. I pray, Lord, that you'd please guide us and lead us. And please open our hearts. And please touch us and please speak to every heart that is here. Lord, young and old, male and female, God, help us today. We sure need you, Lord. And Lord, we we love you so much and thank you for loving us the way you do. And as we come now, Lord, to gather ourselves together around the good word of God, open our hearts to the spirit of God and to the scriptures. And we'll thank you for everything that you'll do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, you can be seated this morning. I want to spend some time this morning with this thought of prayer and fasting and some people say, well, what is, the, what is the purpose of fasting? What is the practice of fasting? What, is the, what does fasting produce in anybody's life? Fasting is a subject not spoken about in churches today. A lot of churches don't even deal with the subject of fasting. And I've noticed something in my life and in the life of other, other Christians. I've noticed a lot of defeat. I've noticed a lot of discouragement. I've noticed a lot of just being disheartened and, and, just, and just despondent about things that's going on around us. And why is there so much defeat demonstrated 
among God's people today. Well, we know this. We know that we have an enemy. And his name is the devil. And Jesus said this. He said, the enemy comes for to kill, destroy, and to, and to destroy lives. To kill and destroy. That's the purpose of the enemy. He wants to defeat your life. He wants to do everything in your heart, in your marriage, in your family, in your church. He wants to do everything he can to totally dishearten you and discourage you and get you to the point where you just throw up your hands and say, well, there's no use and you wind up sitting at home. There's a lot of defeat today. Can I get a witness right there? But Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and they might have life more abundantly. Jesus wants us to enjoy being saved. I love being saved. I love being a child of God. It's one of the greatest, the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. Beginning in 1982, God saved me. And, and what he's done in my life since then, I can't say that I've enjoyed everything that's gone along with it, but I can still say I enjoy and love being a child of God. If you enjoy being saved, say amen right there. Well, I want to say this, that Jesus dealt with a threefold cord in Matthew chapter 6 of a Christian's life. A threefold cord. He dealt with giving, he dealt with praying, and he dealt with fasting. And when we, when a child of God goes stingy on God, I mean, when we get stingy with what God has given us, can I say it again? When we get stingy with what God has given us, if we've got anything, it's because God gave it to us. Can I get a witness right there? There's none of us that's, that's earned what we've got. We all are getting a whole lot better than what we deserve. Amen and amen. And when a child of God goes stingy on God, he's robbing others and himself of God opening his big hand and blessing even more. When a child of God goes silent on God and quits praying, and God has told us, he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. I know it gets hard to pray sometimes. I'm, I know sometimes you just are not in the attitude. Sometimes you're just not in the mood. Sometimes you're just not feeling it. But as we sang this morning, we don't pray because we feel it or we're in the mood. We pray by faith. We live by faith. And when we, go, when we go stingy on God, when we go silent on God, and then he says, when you fast, when we begin seeking food more than we seek God, we'll get disheartened, despondent, discouraged. Isn't it amazing? How many of you have already talked about food this morning? Well, we're going to go eat. <laughs> I, love, I, I love it when me and the wife get in the car. I'll say, where do you want to go eat? She'll say, I don't care. I say, well, how about some Italian? No, I don't want Italian. 
I say, how about some Mexicans? She'll say, no, I don't want Mexicans. I say, well, where do you want to go eat then? I don't care. I think they ought to name every restaurant, I don't care. And be done with it, and we'll always wind up exactly where she wants to go. But isn't it amazing how we put a lot of... As a matter of fact, we seek food every day of our lives. Can I get a witness? I mean, it's just, it's just part of life. And when we seek food more than we seek God, you see why Jesus said, when ye fast. Fasting is a... We have, we have three natural enemies. We have the devil, we have the world, and we have this flesh. And I promise you this, the world will fight you when it comes to giving. It'll tax you so much that you'll start saying, well, I can't afford to give. You, you can't ever afford to tithe. You know why? You got to tithe before you can afford it. The world will fight you about giving. The devil will fight you about prayer. Because as he witnessed these women across these altars praying, and my wife's arms wrapped around Miss Jan, the devil trembles at the weakest saint of God who's on their knees. He'll fight you about prayer, but I promise you this, your flesh will fight you about fasting. Your flesh is already cringing. Your flesh is already despising Thursday if you've made up your mind to fast with us. Your flesh will give you every reason why you cannot fast. Your flesh will tell you, well, you can't do that because you know you need protein. You need, you need to eat. You need to nurse you. And we'll get into that in just a moment. I'm, I'm just talking about how your, your flesh will react to this thought of fasting. The hardest part of a fast is the first 24 hours. It's, uh, it's hard to discipline this flesh and deny this flesh what it really wants. But brethren, fasting, fasting in, the, in the dictionary is defined as this, abstaining from food. That's the definition of fasting. But biblical fasting has a deeper meaning than just abstaining from food. Biblical fasting is abstaining from food for the purpose of obtaining some spiritual goal in your life. It has a spiritual reason, a spiritual purpose behind it. And I want to talk to you for just a little while about this thought of fasting and try to, try to help you with this, with this thought and try to help you with with what it means, what you are, what, how you can be involved in fasting. I want to say this up front, that there's, all t there's mainly three kinds of fasting. There's what's known in the Bible as a total fast. And that's abstaining from all food and water for any given length of time, whether it be a day, whether it be three days, a week. There was those in the Bible who fasted there was one who fasted for 40 days without any food or any water. There was another one, in the, and his name was Moses, who fasted for 40 days, no food, no water. 
and started down the mountain. God called him right back up to the mountain and he fasted for a continuing another 40 days and 40 nights. No food, no water. 80 days Moses fasted. No food, no water. And when he came off that mountain, his face so shone that he had to put a veil over his face. He was so full of God, he had to put a veil over his face. The children of Israel could not even stand to look at the man who had been around God fasting. There's a partial fast. That's, that's maybe, maybe the partial fast would cons consist of just water, no food of any kind. That's a partial fast. Then there's what's known and been commonly referred to as the Daniel fast. That's where you eat maybe just vegetables and a little bit of water along and along. And you do that for any given length of time. So I want to say this. I know that there are some of you in here like myself that's maybe got poor health. And you cannot because of some medications that you're on that you cannot enter into a full fast, but you could do maybe a partial fast, maybe a, a fast, a Daniel fast, where you eat just fruits and vegetables and drink some water during that time of fasting. <laughs> I want to talk, number one, about the confusion about fasting. The disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus one day and said, Lord, why do we, John the Baptist's disciples and the Pharisees fast off, but your disciples aren't fasting? And, and Jesus told them the answer to that. He says, well, I'm with them. There's no need in them fasting. And he said, one day I'm going to leave and then they'll have the need to fast. And that's considered the days we're living in today. There is a reason for us to fast. But there's a lot of confusion about what fasting is and what, what it is. And I want to say this about fasting. Fast, fasting is not to lose weight, even though you may lose some whenever you're fasting. But that's not the purpose behind it. That's not the goal. Unless you're fasting to lose weight because you, you're fat and you can't do nothing for God. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, there she goes. Oh, that's good. I, I appreciate it. See, we needed some laughter right there. Can I say this? America's got fat. We've all got fat on God. We all, the church needs to go on a spiritual diet. Lose some of its weight. Amen. That's another message all in itself. But it's not to lose weight. That's not the purpose. That's not the design of fasting. It's not, it's, uh, why, why, do we, why, do we, why do we fast? It's designed by God for a particular reason. There's a lot of reasons, and I'm going to give you some of those in just a little bit. But there's a lot of reasons of why would one want to enter into a fast with the Lord. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But it's not, it's not to lose weight. There's, if you need a diet, there's good diets out there. Weight Watchers, Go Low, all kind of diets. But that's not necessarily fasting for God. Fasting with God. It's not, it's not to look spiritual. You don't fast to look spiritual. He said the Pharisees, 
they do that to be seen of men. He said, but when you fast, anoint yourself. Don't, don't appear to be fasting. And when you go out around people and you're fasting, don't act poor and tell everybody, hey, I'm fasting. Look at me and look pitiful and all like that. That's not the goal of fasting is to look spiritual. It's not to get leverage with God. A lot of people think, well, if I fast, I can, I can tell God, well, look at me. I'm fasting. Now you do this in my life. That's not what the purpose of fasting or the design of fasting is at all. It's designed by God for a reason. Before we go any further, I want to say this. God knows why you'll be fasting. In the history of the nation of Israel, they fasted. And the reason that they fasted is because they wanted, they wanted God to do their will. They wanted God to do what they wanted Him to do. And they thought if they would fast, they would, they would be able to just have leverage with God. And they could strike a deal with God and bargain with God. And God said this. He said, I know why you're fasting. He said, you fast for strife. You fast for, you fast for envy. You fast for all these different things. He said, I know why you're fasting. And God knows why we fast. He knows why we enter into a fast together. God knows our motive. There's certain times of fasting. There's seasonal times. He said, he said when you fast. He told, he told us in the Bible, he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. But he never said that about fasting. He said, when you fast. There's, fasting is a seasonal thing. It's for specific things in all of our lives. It's not to just be done uh, as a routine like the Pharisees did. You remember there was one Pharisee that got up and prayed thus with himself. He said, God, I thank God that I'm not like other men, extortioners, adulterers, or even as this old publican over here. He said, I fast twice in the week. He's back bragging before God about how often he fasted and became just a ritual with him. And fasting's not to become just a ritual. It's for a specific thing. In our lives. There were some in the Bible that fasted. Moses fasted. Abraham fasted. Jesus fasted. Paul fasted. And, and think, about, think about this thought. Jesus fasted. Why did he fast? Did he need to fast? I mean he's the son of God. Did, was he in such dire straits that he had to fast. And, and, uh, and get something from God in an extra way? No. He fasted to show, set an example for us all. That fasting is a normal part of the Christian life. Why did Jesus pray? To show us that prayer was just a normal part of a Christian's life. There's a lot of confusion about it. There's also certain times when we should fast. But I want to... I wanna, show you some things and, and you can write this down. I'm going to go through them and I'm going to say some, give you some scripture references and you can write these down and then check them out a little bit later. But I want to say that number one, they fasted in the Bible to get victory over sin. Victory over sin. Personal victory over something in your life that is just a part of your life 
and you know you need victory over that issue, that sin in your life. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6, God said this. He said, Is not this the fast that I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness and to undo the heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Isaiah 58, 6. He said, The reason that fasting is designed by me is so that you can get personal victory over your sin. Then they fasted in the Bible to restrain God's judgment. In Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 and 10, the men of Nineveh, the king of Nineveh, proclaimed a, a national fast. He said, I want everybody, I want even the, the cows and the animals to put on sackcloth and ashes. I, I don't want the animals to eat. I want a, a national fast. What if Joe Biden got up today? And said, I want this entire nation to fast together. <laughs> I'd say, hallelujah. I'd say, you go, Joe. <laughs> but the, the king of Nineveh got up and said, I declare a fast. And the reason that he did was found in Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 and 10. So that it said that, said that the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast. And put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. And said, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from His fierce anger that we perish not? Can I say this? That God's judgment is on America? And how we need to fast for this land? How we need to fast that God would restrain His, His bar of judgment? And rightfully so, He should judge America the way that we're treating Him today. They fasted in the Bible for revelation. Daniel chapter 9 verse 3, Daniel fasted day and night. And he fasted begging God for some revelation. God, I need an answer. God, I need you. I need you to speak to my heart. God, I need to hear from you concerning this. Every one of us this morning, we've got something in our lives that we need a heavenly answer for. And we need to pray and fast and seek God's favor and beg God to show us what we, can, what we should do. They fasted in the Bible. In 1 Kings chapter 21, 27 through 29, to humble themselves. That's what this flesh don't like. This flesh does not like humbling itself. It likes to exalt itself, get its own way, do its own thing, go where it wants to go, when it wants to go, and, and no restrictions, no, no restraints whatsoever. It just loves being itself. But they, they did it to humble themselves. They did it. They fasted in the Bible to be able to hear God. In Acts 13, 1 through 3, the entire church fasted together in Acts 13. And they fasted so they could get direction from God as a church of what they should do. They, they fasted in the Bible over marriage issues. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, it said, Defraud ye not one another, except to be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. When it comes to physical relationships between a husband and a wife, he said, sometimes you need, to, you need to abstain from each other and fast and pray to work out your issues. Then there's this one. I love this one. There's a time to fast when you're just broken hearted for more of Jesus. 
in your life. God, I want to be closer. God, I want more of you. I need more of you. I want to, I w- I want to, be, I want to be more in fellowship with you, Lord. And I want you, to, I want you to be with me during this fast, Lord, and help me to draw closer to you. And you'll find that in Psalm 42, verses 1 through 6. Then I'm going to say this. Fasting is designed to make you ready to receive God's answer to your prayer. How many of you know this, that God don't always answer it the way we want it answered? Say amen right there. Sometimes we want God to do a certain thing a certain way and and we, we go to God in prayer, then God does just the opposite or a different direction. And they fasted in the Bible to make them ready to receive God's answer to their prayer. There's a story told, and I love this story out of 2 Samuel 12, where King David, you know, the, I don't love this part of the story, but you know the, the story about King David and Bathsheba and how that he went in to lay with her and she became pregnant. And then he had her husband killed and it was, a, it was an awful thing leading up to what happened. And then he took her, took Bathsheba into him and, and married her. She became his wife and they had a child together through their, their relationship. And that child took sick. And David, when he found out that that child was sick, it said that David went in and he mourned and he fasted and he prayed. He threw dust on himself in the house of God. He was just, he was just grieving for the child of God. And then some servants of his came by. The child died. And the servants came by. And David said, is the child dead? And they said, the child's dead. And David did the strangest thing. He got up. He anointed himself. He washed himself, anointed himself, went into the house of God and began praising God. And the Bible says that he was able to comfort his wife concerning the child. She had lost a son. He had lost a son, a child that they had together. But yet he had been fasting and he was able to receive the answer that God sent his way. How many times we want God to do something for this one, want God to do something for that one, and God does not do it. For some mysterious uh, providential reason, God just, he just settles it as being God. And we, sometimes God's people get mad at him for his answer. But fasting will make us ready to receive the answer that God has for us. I've not always gotten my way with God. Sometimes God has answered my prayers in a way that I wish he hadn't have answered them. I wish somebody in here be truthful and say amen right there. It's happened to us all. Sometimes we just don't get it the way we want it. And God will use fasting to help prep our hearts to where we're ready for whatever God's answer is in our lives. There's, there's common sense about fasting. Fasting's not an abnormal thing for a Christian. It's a normal part of Christian living. Jesus said when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It's just normal. 
But there's a common sense reasoning about fasting. What, what do we do? We, we live in this world, and like I said, every day of our lives, we, we seek food. We want something to eat. We put emphasis on food. God says, I want the emphasis to be on me and my book. You know what Jesus said one day when he had been fasting? The devil came to him and tempted him, and Jesus said this, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And God used that verse in my life one time. I was reading that and I came, I came across that verse where it said that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And I realized that I needed to read every word in this Bible. I set on a quest and I started reading from Genesis to Revelation every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I wanted to read it and I wanted to live by those words. I've done it several times since then. It might be a good time during a fast to say, God, I'm going to to purpose myself. I'm going to read that Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and I'm going to read every word that you've written to me. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Why Why do we fast? Why are we going to fast? Because will you agree with me that there's a lot of demonic activity in our world today? There's a lot of demonic activity and, and he's working overtime to try to, he's going to try to discourage you. He's already been working on some of you. You come back tonight, I'm going to be preaching a message that has affected so many of us, including myself. I want you to come back tonight to hear that message. But there's a lot of demonic activity. There's a lot of distractions all around us. What they're doing in Washington, what they're not doing in Washington is distracting so many today. There's many dangers all around us today. There's no, none of us know that when we go out of the doors and walk into a, a, another bed, we don't know that we're going to walk out and go home. I mean, it's crazy today because of the demonic activity that's in the world. There's the devil on a rampage and the need is is paramount in all of our lives that we do what Jesus said to do, to pray and to fast. There's a lot of things for the church that I want you praying about. I want you praying. We've been praying. Us, me and the deacons have been praying this for some while. I want the entire church to join in with us to pray about this. We need, we need a youth pastor to work with our young people. All of you young people stand up for me real quick, real quick. Just stand up. All of you children stand up. These children need somebody. We need, we need God to either raise up somebody among us or send us somebody that will work with all these children and be, and be there for them and with them and, and work with them. We need that in our church. You won't be seated. They need that in our church. We need a youth pastor. We need, we need to have a burden for lost people. We need that burden again in our hearts that lost people will hear the gospel and be saved by the grace of God. We need a burden for each other. This, is, this isn't the place. Listen, I'm not your enemy. You're not, 
You're not my enemy. We're one in Christ. And we need a burden for each other. We need, we need to pray and, and fast for the burden for the Spirit of God to move in our services. That God would move in such a way that every person lost and saved would know that God's in this place and God's moving. We need a burden for, for uh, <laughs> how about this one? We need a burden for not having a burden. I'm just okay. It ain't affecting me, so why am I going to worry about it? God's people used to get a burden. When they got a burden, they all got together and they all, they all proclaimed a fast together. And God's people would fast and they would throw on sackcloth and throw ashes on themselves and they'd get along with God. And they'd seek God until God did something in every one of their hearts. I long, I long more than anything to see God move again. To see God be God in the sanctuary. To see God work in people's lives. To work in young people's lives. To work in older people's lives. I long to see God just be God in the sanctuary. And brethren, sometimes we got to pray and we've got to fast for God to accomplish those kind of things. Will you fast with me this coming week? Thursday at lunchtime, we, be, we eat our last meal. Whatever your meal is, <laughs> some, of, some of you are going to gorge yourself. Don't do that. That'll, that'll hurt you more than anything. And some of you will enter a partial fast. Thank you for doing that. I'm going to have to do a partial fast. I'll eat very little, but... I will have to eat something long and long because of some medicines that the heart doctors got me on. And uh, will you enter that fast with me? You may be able to do a complete fast. Thank God for that. But will you pray? Will you pray while you're fasting? Will you pray for yourself that God would draw you closer than you've ever been before? Would you pray? Would you pray for a burden again? Being a Christian, that that you would have a personal burden, maybe not just for yourself, but for someone else, for some other individual or some other group of people. Pray for a burden in your life. Would you pray with me that God would send us a, a youth pastor, someone to work and work laboriously with our young people to let them know that we're interested in their lives and and therefore them, would you pray these things as we all stand across the auditorium? Brother Keith Shoemaker, sis, you come on, Pia. Brother Keith Shoemaker was up preaching that night. And he's preaching about how did Nehemiah get on the wall? And he went through Nehemiah chapter 1. And he said, Nehemiah got on the wall because he had a burden. And then he went into that about where Nehemiah, when he got that burden, that he, he began praying and fasting and asking God to fine-tune that burden. God, just what is it that you would want me to do? What should I personally do to make this burden become a reality? And Nehemiah got up on the wall and began rebuilding that wall not for himself. He was a, 
He was a cupbearer in a king's palace. It didn't affect him. But there was somebody else in a need. And he said, God, please, please help me to help them. That's the purpose of fasting. So that we'll have a clearer vision of what God wants us to do. Would you enter this fast with us and, and pray and fast together that God would do these things? You may have a personal burden yourself. You may have a stronghold in your own heart and in your mind, in your life that's just got a grip on you and you need it out of your life. You want it out of your life. This kind will come by nothing but prayer and fasting. You have to, you have to get serious with God somewhere in your life. You have to sell it out to God and say, God, I, I'm just not content going with it like this anymore.